Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 2 is where we'll begin today. So good to see our visitors in the house of the Lord today. Really glad you're with us. Let's give our visitors a good round of applause. Thank you for being with us. Our faithful saints. Big week this week. Please don't forget family prayer is tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. And Friday and Saturday we're having an awakening. Powerful. If you haven't been there, you've missed it. I encourage you to be there. You can see Brother Meyer or Brother Hemingway about the details. Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. Behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, you back up here. Behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemy. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For is it easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up your bed, go to your house. He arose and departed to his house. And when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. And today I want to preach to you for a few minutes on this subject. Are you connected to the powerhouse? Are you connected to the powerhouse? God bless you. You may be seated. How many of you ever heard of We Energies? How many of you have ever heard of nuclear power? How important is electricity to us? I have often thought that if a, a person wanted to throw our nation into chaos, I'd start with the power plants. Knock out the electricity and we, we go into a fearful mode. We're in darkness. We lose our refrigeration. All, all kinds of terrible things happen when we lose our power. But I'm here today to tell you that Jesus is the powerhouse. He is the source of all of our power. He has the power to heal. He has the power to save. And he has the power to forgive. That's power. That's power. And so today we're going to talk about being connected to the powerhouse. Brother Meyer is going to be my reader. Brother Meyer, would you read Matthew 28, 18? And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. How much power, Brother Meyer? All power. If he has all the power, there isn't any else left. Isn't that a deep theological thought? But if there were more than one person in the Godhead, only one of them would have power. And he said, I have all power 
And he didn't just say, I have it on the earth. He said, I have it in heaven too. Now that is a powerhouse. That is somebody that you need to pay attention to. All power. Take a look at John chapter 10, 16 through 18. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Now that's power. Anybody that can declare, hey, nobody's going to take my life. None of us can say that. Our lives could be taken at any moment. But he said, no man has the power to take my life. But I'll tell you how much power I have. I have the power to lay my life down. And I have the power to take it back up again. Now that is power. And again, nobody else in this room has that kind of power to lay down their life and to take it back up again. Luke chapter 12, verse five. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. See, we fear the wrong things and we fear the wrong people. We got it mixed up. Well, I'm afraid of this person, I'm afraid of that person. I'm afraid of losing my job, I'm afraid of my employer, I'm afraid of my parents, I'm afraid of my peers, I'm afraid of the economy, I'm afraid about who's gonna be. We fear all kinds of things and all kinds of people and Jesus said, hold it. Don't fear him who can kill you. Fear him who controls your eternal destiny, has the power to cast you into hell. That's the one you should fear. And nobody else, again, has any of these powers that I'm talking about except for Jesus. We need to tap into his power. I remember a Christmas Eve many, many years ago. I don't remember the exact year or my exact age, but I do remember this. It was Christmas Eve, and we had a tremendous snowstorm. One of those snowstorms where the flakes are really big, they almost whistle when they come down. And when it comes down, it looks like you've taken those little um, um, winter scene things and you flip them over and it looks like it's a, a whiteout. That's the way it looked on Christmas Eve. And man, it was coming down, a wet, heavy snow. And in our basement, we had a sump pump. How many of you know what a sump pump is? Okay, we had a sump pump in our basement. My dad said, boy, the way this snow is coming down and it's been going on for hours and hours and they're saying it's gonna keep up, I'm really concerned about what might happen with this heavy snow. And all of a sudden, the power went off. Too much snow on the power line and the line snapped and all the electricity went out and suddenly we were in darkness and all we had were candles. But of even a greater concern than that was that the water was coming into the basement. And the sump pump wouldn't work because we had no. So if your sump pump doesn't work 
and the water's coming in through the walls of your basement, guess what's going to happen? Your basement is going to flood. And everything that is on the floor is going to be ruined. And pretty soon the water kept rising and rising and it was up several steps and the basement was completely flooded because we had no way and no power to get the water out of the basement because of our power outage. And I remembered that as a child. And all the food that was in the refrigerator, once we got the power back on, we had to throw it all away because it had, the refrigeration couldn't keep up. How many of you ever remember the power going out? It doesn't go out nearly as often these days as it did back then because all of the lines were above ground and now we're starting to put the lines underneath the ground. But if the power ever goes out, you got a mess. You, you really have a mess. Watch out for a power outage. But I also want to talk to you from a positive note and say, and how do we get this power? We know he has the power, but how does that relate to us? Let's take a look here at Luke chapter 10, 19 through 20. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's good. Stop right there. 19 is enough. I give you power. Now, because I have it, and it's mine to give, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to give you all power over the enemy. Satan is not stronger than you are if you have the power of God in your life. We don't need to be intimidated because greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. If the power is in us and the power is greater than the enemy, then the power in us causes us to be greater than the enemy. We don't need to fear anymore. We can call on the name of the Lord and he's a strong and a mighty tower. He becomes our refuge and our strength. We can cast out devils. Hey, if, if you believe in prayer to God, then you can also speak to the devil. You can tell him to get lost. You can tell him to get out. You can tell him who you are. You can tell him what the word says. You can tell him about the power that you possess, that you've received from God. We need to talk back against the devil and talk to the Lord. We have this power because he promised it to us. Take a look at Luke 24, 45 through 49. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my father unto you or upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. I brought a power strip from home today. This is called a power strip. Now, many of us have multiple roles in our life, and sometimes it's overwhelming, isn't it? We try to be good children to our parents, but where does that power come from? 
We try to be a, a, a good husband or a wife to our spouse. Where does that power come from? We try to be good parents to our children. But where does that power come from? Are you hearing what I'm saying? We try to be a good employee. We try to be a good Christian. We try to be a, a good man or a good woman of God. And we've got all of these outlets and all of these roles that we have to fill. And sometimes it's overwhelming because we don't feel like we're doing well. Here's the key point of this message, folks. It's not about you. It's about your connection to God. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Christ is the source of my power. He's the powerhouse in my life. But if I'm not connected, I don't have any power. And that's why I feel overwhelmed. That's why I can get discouraged. I had a fight with my wife. Oh man, why did I do that? Maybe I wasn't connected to God. Maybe I didn't hear what God had for me to say and so I spoke something else or I did something I shouldn't have done. I'm not connected. Now, I know you can't see it from here but you can have all of these different roles that need to be filled in your life. You can have a surge protector so that this thing doesn't blow out on you. And that's, it's all good. And probably most of you have this somewhere in your home. But you know what the real key is? This right here. Now the power, I would venture to say that most of you would say, if I, if I plug this into an outlet, that this thing is gonna work, right? We have faith that there's power in this building and that if we plug into that power, we can fill all these roles. But it starts right here. And I looked at this plug and here's what I see. I see this, this ground here. Hey, we need to be grounded in the faith. Can I get an amen to that? You know, we used to have these plugs where it just had two prongs. Now we've got them with three. There needs to be a ground. We need to be grounded in the faith. But I looked at this and I thought, what does God see when he looks at this? What's the parable here? What, what is the spiritual illustration of this power strip and this plugging into the power? Well, you know, if God looks down from above on us, he sees the top of our head. That's why he says the very hairs on our head are numbered. He sees the top of our head. But I'll tell you something else he also sees. He also sees people that worship. And we become that three-pronged plug when we lift up our eyes unto the hills from whence cometh our help, and we lift up our hands to heaven in worship or in prayer, and you know what's happening? We're making a connection. We're plugging in to God. That's why it disturbs me when I, when I see people like this. They got their hands in their pockets. When... 
we ought to lift up our hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord at all times. We ought to make that connection. And, and if you don't make that connection, you're not going to have any power. And when you go outside and you face the storms and you don't have any power, your basement's going to fill, your stuff is going to be ruined, you're going to lose things because you don't have a connection to the power. The problem is never the power company. It's the connection. And when the connection is broken between the power company and the customer, between the Lord and between his children, then we become powerless and we become overwhelmed. And we become discouraged. So when you're struggling... That's the time to lift up your hands and say, God, I need to connect with you. And don't lift up the hands and hang down and don't look at the ground. Don't look at the mud holes. Look at the rainbows. Lift up your eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh your help? Your help comes from the Lord. So, Brother Meyer, I'm going to ask you, can you plug that in for me? We're going to show you how this works. You can plug it right here if you would. Okay, we need to be, we need to be connected with God. And when we are, we have all the power that we need. Can you say amen? amen. Now, did you feel something today when you worshiped God? Did you? Have you ever come to a service and you heard the preacher, you didn't fall asleep? You weren't playing with your cell phone? You weren't writing notes to somebody? You were really focused on what he was saying and you made a, a connection? And you got something from God and it became your bread? For he's my bread when I'm hungry, my water when I'm thirsty, my shelter in a time of storm. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. Is Jesus still all right? He's everything, everything you need. Everything you need. So Brother Meyer, let's see what, let's do an experiment here. Would you mind plugging these two things into that? Now let me read to you from Acts 1 and 8. But you, remember where Brother Meyer left off, um, Luke 24, Terry in Jerusalem. Acts 1 and 8 says, you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. When will the power come on you? After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. How many of you believe it's necessary to receive the Holy Ghost? If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're on your own power. Now watch what happens here when Brother Meyer turns these on. So we got him connected now. There we go. The light works. The fan works. 
more than one thing is being run at the same time just because I'm connected into the powerhouse. The light represents revelation. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But I can't see if I'm not connected. The natural man receiveth not the things that are of God. He can't. He's not connected. And this fan, I love fans. I sleep with a fan every night. Drowns out the noise, circulates the air. If you're warm, it can cool you. But I don't have any of that. I can't just take a piece of paper and swirl it around with my finger and cool myself off. When I could hook up to a fan, I could connect with a fan. Power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts chapter two, verse four, Brother Meyer. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 37 through 38. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In most cases, not all cases, but in most cases the Holy Ghost is the last thing that we receive. You know why? Because God wants a vessel to be emptied. That's what repentance is. That's the part where we confess our sins to God. That's, that's the part where we determine that we want to do whatever God asks us to do. That's the dying place and the emptying place. And then he said, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's the washing place. That's where the vessel is cleansed. So now the vessel in the natural process is emptied and it is washed, but it must be filled. And that's what's lacking in our lives today. Say, well, how can people do some of the things they do and why do they seek after the things that they seek and, and end up in so much trouble and, and hooked on vices of all kinds? How does that happen? Something is missing. There's an emptiness in their lives that only God can fill and they don't have the power to overcome once they get hooked. And the only hope that they have is that they come and desire to be connected connected to the powerhouse because it's not by might nor by my power but it's by his spirit says the Lord only his spirit can empower me I'm, I'm praying today that people that don't have the Holy Spirit would be aggressive in their approach toward God and be willing to admit that they can't do this on their own. There's too many holes to fill here. I can't fulfill all of these things. Of course you can't because you, you're going only on your own power. But God's power has unlimited resources. First Corinthians chapter 15, or excuse me, Four and 20, Brother Meyer. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. See, God believes in a power demonstration. I mean, if you've got the power, 
No sense saving it. If you've got the ability to back up what you say, then give a demonstration. And God does. It's not a brag, it's a fact. It's a fact. Let's skip 1 Corinthians 15 and go to Ephesians 6, 10 and 11, Brother Meyer. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The power of his might. Now, I want to talk to you with the remaining few minutes that I have about the power of resurrections. The power of resurrections. Romans chapter 8. Brother Maya, would you read 8 through 11, please? So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man hath, have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall, be, shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Hmm. So what is the source of our power concerning the resurrection? It's the spirit. Now, this was not a, a politically correct statement that we just heard from Romans chapter eight. Did you hear what he said? If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his? That's pretty strong, folks. That's the word of God. And he doesn't say that because he wants to take people and disqualify them. He says that so that they can be qualified. So that they can be empowered. So that they can be ready. Well, I don't think you need to speak in tongues when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've heard that argument. My question is, why not? If Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, where's the change? If the promise is unto us and our children and those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, then why not? I'll tell you why, because people want a soft spot to lay down. Oh, don't put that on me. I, I don't have the power to speak in a language I haven't learned. That's the point. You got it. I'm not comfortable when I'm not in control. Well, how's that working out for you? You're not supposed to be in co control. You're supposed to be led of the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If everything involved in Christianity only involves the Word and never involves the Spirit, then why would we have to be led by the Spirit? But the fact of the matter is that we absolutely need the Spirit of God in our life to empower us, to instruct us, to resurrect us. We need it. It's what's lacking in our society. Oh, I wish you, I, I, I really wish you'd get this. 
What's missing in America? The Spirit of God. We're not empowered. We're not connected. We are separated. We are fractured from God. You know what this thing is good for? If it's not connected connected to a power source, it's good for nothing. You can plug this fan in and you can plug this light in, but if this is not connected to the power, you have nothing. Are you getting it? We need to be connected. And that should inspire you to come to the altar. I remember when I received the Holy Ghost, it took me four months, four months of coming to the altar every service. But when I got to the point where I said, I'm not leaving here until I get the Holy Ghost, that's when I received it. But if you can take it or leave it, you can play that game indefinitely. But when you get so desperate that the only thing that matters is that you are filled with the Spirit, that you are empowered from on high. When you seek me with all your heart, then will you find me, tarry at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. What is he saying? Don't leave till you get it. Be that determined. It's absolutely necessary. And I wouldn't want anybody to miss the rapture. But if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Let it inspire you. It's not a negative. It's an inspiration. It, would you go to 1 Corinthians 15? I'm sorry, I'm jumping around here, Brother Meyer. 15, 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order... Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and authority and power. Okay. There is going to be a rapture. That we can agree on. Jesus is coming back for his bride. And that spirit that empowers you is your rocket power to get you off the ground and into the air where you will meet the Lord and forever you will be with the Lord. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians 15. You can read about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter four. I don't have the time to to go through all of that right now. But that's the next most important event on God's calendar. And we need the Spirit of God to be empowered to leave this earth. Because after that, here's what's going to happen. Revelations chapter 14, 12 through 20, Brother Meyer. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one that sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. 
And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had the power over fire, and cried with a loud voice to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and the blood came out of the winepress, even unto, even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Okay, now here's what's happened. There, this is a time of reaping. This is not the rapture. This is where the Lord, the Lord represents the one that sat on the white cloud, the first with the sickle. He reaps the elect and he takes them off of the earth. That is his deliverance for Israel. Then he turns to the second angel and says, now it's your turn. The second angel takes and cuts off the grapes as well. He takes his sickle and cuts them off. But what he does with his harvest is he puts them in the wine press, it's called. The wine press. The wine press is Armageddon. It's the place where people are going to be destroyed. Where the Lord is going to come back with his bride to fight against the Antichrist and his armies. It's the final reaping before the resurrection of the entire just and the unjust. Now what will happen next is found in Revelations chapter 19, 11 through 16, Brother Meyer. And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, righteousness does he, he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon the white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Wow. So I want to make sure you understand what's happened here. The rapture has taken place. The bride is gone. And the Lord says, now I'm going to take my sickle and I'm going to reap. And he takes the elect. Then he tells the other angel to reap. And he takes his sickle and throws them in the wine press. They have been gathered together at a place called Armageddon. And God brings these mountains together and crushes the evil and the Antichrist in his armies in the winepress at Armageddon. Then he comes back for the rest that still are alive in other places. This is called the second coming. Brother Meyer just read to you about the second coming of where the Lord and the church come back. Here's the question and why we read all of these scriptures. When the Lord comes, 
Will I be facing him or will I be following him? When the Lord comes, will I be facing him, against him, or will I be following him? You see, when he comes back on that white horse and he leads the bride into that battle, they will be facing him. I don't want to be facing him. I want to be following him. And in order for me to follow him, I need to be filled with him. I need to be empowered by him, and I need to be connected to him. Let's stand together. I'm gonna leave you with this thought while I invite you to the altar today. I can plug this into a wall, and I can expect that there will be power because I know that the electricity is on, but somebody can come along and bump my cord In the hallways of life, people brush up against you and they can bump this and it can look like it's still connected. Oh yeah, I see it. It's in the wall over there. See it sticking out? Power strips there, plugged in. I expect to have power. But if there's a disconnect, there's no longer any power. And sometimes people pull the plug on even walking with God. They may feel they have a good reason. And they just say, I quit. I'm done. And they pull the plug. And there is no connection. And there's no longer any power. So every once in a while, you need to walk up to that power source and make sure Make sure I'm connected. I've got a good connection. Jesus, I pray today. I pray for every one of us that we would have a good connection, that we would plug into your power, and that all of the roles and the responsibilities and the things that we are supposed to do and the things that we are supposed to be that are not being fulfilled because... We're trying to do it on our own power. We would recognize that we need the power of your spirit. I pray that people that have yet to receive the Holy Ghost will take this message in a positive way and say, I'm not leaving here till I'm filled with that power. I need the power of God's spirit in my life. I pray that that would happen today for them. I pray for people that have been bumped. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.